Welcome everybody to another episode of Into the Stratosphere. I'm your girl Cindy G. You just heard a brief seconds of a theme song, you guys. That is right. Episode 30. Go, go, Thunder Rosa. That is the name of the episode because you know why? Because I'm going to be talking about that impressive main event match. I know, a little bit of spoiler alert for the AEW bonus, bonus, bonus segment, y'all. But before I get into that, you know, how you guys are doing? I know it has been a hectic week, especially um, what's happening in this current world situation, which let's not get too political, y'all, because, you know, your girl is having like a weird day today. Let's see what's going on. WWE announced that Hulk Hogan is going to be co-hosting with Titus O'Neil, which we're not going to get into that. This is a non-WWE um, show. If you want to hear about WWE, especially their upcoming pay-per-view fast lane, check out the last episode of the Bulletcast where Philip and Brandon did take um, take breakdown, takedown, breakdown of the prediction for fast lane, of course. And what else is going on? Maki Toys Twitter account has been hacked, which... Why the hell you have someone took their time to hack one of the beloved Joshi wrestler? Like, what the hell? And on top of it all, for me, it's like situation with rideshare and everything's going on. And plus, like, I just almost finishing up getting ready for the AEW Heels event. Of course, the Pet Appreciation Day. So only God is like, holy crap. An hour before I got up finish up getting ready and logged in since they're starting at 3 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. East Coast Time, of course, which I'm glad they started in the earlier time because I got plans afterwards, you know, but I digress on it. And by the way, I just took the vaccine a week ago. Side effects wise, just a sore injection, sore, um, Soreness around the injection area and only got a bruise, you know, but it happens before because like normally when I do blood work or uh, donating blood or any particular shot, I get bruised usually. So yeah, I'm one of those y'all. And I know Philip did mention that he just got his vaccination first shot. Of course, for me, all I got is just a one and done shot. J and J y'all, but it's all up to you guys. About all that. Anyway, on today's episode. So, typical wrestling headline. Also, I'm going to be giving you guys the results for this past weekend's Impact Plus's um, show. Sacrifice, especially two matches that I was so shocked. And my overall thoughts about it. Also, the usual recap for Impact Wrestling. Plus, the AEW bonus, bonus, bonus. I'll give you guys my brief thoughts about the AEW Dark Elevation, my thoughts about Paul Wright's commentary. I'm not going to go into like the full show breakdown. I'm just going to do like the quick results. And of course, my thoughts about Tony Khan's like on-screen promo and his official title. Yeah. And then the AEW um, Dynamite segment, you know, the ones where like, you know, the cross promotion between like New Japan, Impact, Impact Wrestling, and WA, whatnot. Especially, I'm definitely going to be talking about the main event match, as I mentioned it. This is the episode, of course. Go, go, Thunder Rosa. And lastly, the prediction for NWA's Back for the Attack. That's right. They're having the pay-per-view this Sunday, which is the same day as WWE Fastlane. So, of course, 
your girl's gonna be doing the prediction um for the recap for that it's gonna be on the next episode episode 31 which i'll give you guys the results and my overall thoughts about it and afterwards like starting the next episode i will be giving you guys my breakdown of the nwa power because your girl just bought a subscription only on fight tv all right y'all so let's go ahead and go to like your brief wrestling news headline so of course on this past tuesday amanda huber you know the widower of the late um brody lee formerly known as luke harper took to social media on her instagram page um addressing the situation with negative one why he's appearing on nw uh, not nw aew sorry about that i mean it's a Friday, y'all. Um, AEW and her response to the people has been criticizing Negative One. I know I'm going to be addressing a little bit about like my part because, you know, I'm still part of NoDQ.com. I know for a fact that back in January, there was a NoDQ review where um, two people, which I'm not going to name names because they're not in my knowledge, and I do have issues with both guys, of course, yeah, we're a big team. Uh, I know you cannot get along with your coworkers and all that stuff, you know. And yeah, and you know, but anyway. So Amanda took to social media to address everyone about like, you know, the criticism over um her son's appearance in AEW shows, like regarding with AEW Dark and on Dynamite, and you could include AEW Dark Elevation too. She stated that like she loves pro wrestling in her whole life, and it's been her world for 19 years. Mind you, she started in the indies as Cindy Sin, of course, and and she, like, you know, wrestling has been her impact. And so she tried to ignore, you know, the um, what's going on online, especially, like, how the internet wrestling community is, and... You know, there's, she's still going through a lot. The, her whole family's going through a lot with the passing of Brody Lee back in December. And she said, like, you know, AEW has been helping tremendously with the, you know, how they're helping the family, you know. And having Brody Lee Jr., or let's say negative one, on AEW show has been helping him so much. And how he's really exciting too, especially like, you know, the past few months, he's been going through so much, you know, that like his grades are slipping and he doesn't do anything, especially dealing with like what's going on with Brody Lee up into the passing for that. So I'm summarizing you guys, just letting you know. However, be him being on AEW has been tremendously helping so much. Not only that he's getting getting help, of course, but he's actually improving his grades too as what as what she stated that say, say that um he got so a's and three b's on his report card last week so kudos to you negative one keep doing your education of course and of course like on days that like if we go to AEW are all missing him doing his schoolwork from a hotel room because going to AEW is a privilege or sitting with Auntie Megan working math problems. Of course, that's like one of the constructive criticisms she saw for that too. And so, and so like being in the, being in AEW is actually bringing, bringing more of a 
impact of course and especially the fact that like you know everybody's helping out what the family it needs to so i'm glad that she did um address it to the haters of course and my thing is this you know like for me and especially like you know me being part of one of the you could say like a semi dirt sheet even though Aaron Ray normally put clickbaits which I don't approve of but that's his website you know and his baby um you know for me I don't have any issues having negative one being on AEW at all first of all his dad just passed away Brody Lee just passed away the day after Christmas, you guys. And I know the family is actually helping as much they needed. They need for the family so much, you know, and to be part of AEW too. Hell, negative one has to is signed with AEW. And as soon as he turns 18 as an adult, he's ready to go, you know. But, you know, training-wise and all that too. But as of now, he's enjoying being a kid. Schoolwork is his main priority. And everything else too. And I don't have any issue with him like appearing on on AEW Dark, Elevation, and on Dynamite at Soul. It just brings more of like a cute moment. And he's having a very great time. Hell, he is a honorary leader of the Dark Order, you know? And that brings in more of a fun. I enjoy him like accompanying with some of the members of the Dark Order. And hell, he recently accompanied Tay Conti since, of course, Anna Jay is out with a shoulder injury, which I'll get into like a you know a brief update about how she is doing. And of course, like he's having a great time. So it brings more joy and more compassion that he's having a great time and how AEW is still having like a bigger influence too, especially like during the darker times as well, you know. Now I'm gonna be addressing like, you know, the no DQ review when they're talking about the Dark Order and what and you know, negative one. I know that they talk about like they were in favor of having negative one appearing on Dynamite, but like on YouTube that's fine. But on Dynamite cause bringing in overexposure to having kids in wrestling and how it sets set off to some of the casual wrestling fans as well. I disagree with what the guys are saying on the review, especially two people who are in favor of having negative one appearing on on any AEW shows for that. I mean, I just wish there's like compassion and understanding for the fact that the kids has been going through so much. His whole family has been going through so much for that. I disagree wholeheartedly with that too. Therefore, if you guys saw like tweets like I posted and reaction video on Teddy Turnbuckle's YouTube channel that I'm actually doing, helping out with like the AEW shows, like, you know, with my true reaction, Negative One brought light enjoyment for everybody too. All that matters is that the kid is having a great time and now how AEW is bringing more of a positive influence too. So let that kid enjoy the best as he can and you know and I know that we like by the time everything's going back to normal hell he is going to be going back to school like when it's starting to open things up and all that too you know so that way he'll be yeah so that way that he'll be focusing more on his education you know and then we'll be seeing him on you know in AEW like you know here and there you know so 
moral of the story is like show some compassion no matter what you know and show how much how much this family has been suffering going through and for that too so kudos to amanda you know and again sending so much love to the huber family i know yesterday has been more one year since the debut of Brody Lee and Matt Hardy. Also one year since AEW put up a empty arena show. Cody's impactful statement too. So yeah, you guys. That's all I'm going to be saying about that. But regarding about Anna J, you guys. So Anna J just took to Twitter on March 11th. Um, saying that like she just got out of the sh her shoulder injury and for the next two days which it passed by she'll most likely sleep and eat ice cream and soup only but after that I'll be working my ass off in any way I can thanks for all the support and well wishes 99 so Anna J is doing well hopefully she'll be making an appearance on the AEW heels party like within an hour which I guess what in two hours with her adorable dog navy of course it's pet appreciation day so sending much love to anna j hopefully we'll be seeing her um very soon hopefully six months later of course maybe with her match against maki toy because i know the dark order was somewhat quote-unquote replace slightly replacing anna with maki except for Stu grayson if you guys saw the episode of um, being the elite, yeah, it's getting ready, real, like, with the storyline, especially Stu Grayson still missing Anna J, and it's crazy, y'all. <laughs> anyway, so another news, so on March, so, like, on this past Monday or Tuesday, either one, um, David Marquez took to Twitter to thank everybody, all the NWA family who include to this, um, this um, NWA power and everything. However, he did confirm that he is not going to be appearing on the upcoming episode due to the fact that NWA has not invited him back, which it was, which is a shame too. However, he is actually going to be busy with mostly his work. With the United Wrestling Network, also with like the the Championship Wrestling Federation, and also producing New Japan Pro Wrestling, especially with New Japan Strong, of course. So he did. Um, so he thanked um, everybody for his support, and honestly, that is pretty shocking, though. I mean, David Marquez has been with the company for twenty four years. And NWA decide to not invite him. That's like a complete cop out, to be quite honest, you know. But you know, I'm glad that David Marquez is actually like busy with like with the production with his company, especially with like Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and all that good stuff that he is doing. He's doing an incredible job. But it won't be the same for him not appearing on NWA, of course. I know NWA has been going to a lot of heat going on as of late, you know, regarding with signing Tyrus to NWA, despite him being called out for the speaking out movement. Also, the whole situation altogether. But I know that the only positive side for NWA is that for the back for the attack pay-per-view, they're going to be dedicating this pay-per-view to the late Joseph Hudson. You may know him as 
Josephus slash question mark. So wishing David Marquez nothing but the best of luck. And also we're looking forward to, you know, what he's going to bring to the table with the United Wrestling Regular. Hopefully the feature about Primetime Live. Yeah. Anyway, y'all, and lastly of the wrestling news headline, of course, Warrior Wrestling just announced that Kylie Ray is making her in-ring return on, on Saturday, June 5th. So she is pretty much coming out of retirement after after you know announcing that she's gonna be um retiring. And I know for a fact that there has been a report from from PW Insider that Kylie Ray is still under contract with Impact Wrestling. That it was announced last year that she signed a long-term contract with the company, which reportedly remained active despite her leaving wrestling altogether in November 2020. So I'm pretty sure that like we may be getting some explanation going on from Kylie Ray. Who knows if she's gonna be making her return to Impact Wrestling. Or even like stick with the independent wrestling in general. I know she's been going through so much with her mental health and how much that that she's trying to make sure she's taking good care of herself and during this time as well. So wishing Kylie Ray, you know, continuing forward that she needed and we're looking forward to her return to the independent wrestling circus or even wrestling as a whole altogether. All right, you guys, that is enough for the wrestling news headline. So we're going to be going to the results from Impact Plus exclusive this past Saturday. That is right, on March 13th, Impact Wrestling presents Sacrifice. Now, before I'm going to get into the results and, like, my overall um thoughts, especially this two-match, there has been another technical error again for Impact Plus, y'all. Like, once the pay-per-view start, it said gateway, bad gateway, and also error. Like, what in the world, Impact Plus? This is the second time you've done this. And for the fact that, and for the fact that, like, you screwed it up, people tune in to Fight TV and sadly say they have to pay almost 10 bucks to watch the pay-per-view, which 10 bucks is not bad, of course. But... For that. So, y'all, thank goodness, like, I did not get Impact Plus. You know, it's no need for that. I mean, you could watch, um, you could watch the episode of Impact Wrestling on repeat, like, before, like, for three days for free and three or four days. I don't know how it works before they lock it exclusively for Impact Plus subscribers or whatever. So, it sucks, you guys. I wish they would have done better. Hopefully, like, maybe they'll redeem themselves next month, which they just announced the next Impact Plus special, which I'm going to get into that during the whole, like, Impact Wrestling recap, of course. And especially I have something to say, too, because that's, let's just say it's getting ballsy, y'all. All right, for the results right here. So you have is The Decay, which is Black Taurus and Crazy Steve with Rosemary defeated. Rito Scum, of course. Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K defeated Havoc and Nevea in an intergender tag team match. Violent by Design, which is Diener and Joe Dory with Eric Young, defeated Beer Guns with Jake Something. And by the way, y'all, that match was 
pretty something. I thought that Violent by Design was about to lose, which I picked Violent by Design just because there's something that's going to be happening. But out of nowhere, we got the return of Rhino. And he went heel. Like, y'all went heel. This is crazy. But I know something's going to be setting up, which I'll get into that with the recap. Eddie Edwards defeated Brian Myers in a whole harmless match. It was a pretty decent um, match. Nothing too much to say about it. So, yeah. And then you have Fire and Flavor defeated Jordan Grace and Jazz, thus retaining the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champion, which, you know, it is what it is for that. And then, out of nowhere, which I'm very happy about it, Ace Austin defeated TJP. And becoming the new Impact X Division champion. About darn time, y'all. About damn time. Yep. And then Deanna Praza defeated ODB and retained her Impact Knockouts champion. And then this is where I'm going to be talking about this match itself. The Impact World Tag Team Champion between the Good Brothers versus Finjus. The match itself was pretty good. There has been, like, you know... Pretty much a good back and forth going on. And you thought the Good Brothers was about to do the Magic Killer, but nope. Finn Juice with the Doomsday Finisher. Pin Carl Anderson. And becoming the new Impact World Tag Team Champion. That was the complete shocker of the night, you guys. Everybody thought the Good Brothers was going to retain a title. I thought... The Good Brothers going to retain the title because Finn Juice were still continuing on tour for the New Japan Cup. And y'all, Finn Juice became the tag team champion. My initial reaction was like, they're going to be pulling a John Moxley where we're not going to be seeing the title for quite a while. What's their schedule is for New Japan? Y'all, it was complete shock, but we're going to get into that during the recap. And then the... Main event match was the unification match for the Impact World Championship and the TNA World Championship between Rich Swan versus Moose. It was a pretty solid match together. Moose was dominating, especially he did that freaking like it moonsault to Rich. Like Jesus Christ, who would have thought Moose has like a versatile style of wrestling with a little bit of a cruiserweight, mainly on the top on the top turn buckle. Buckle, and also like mostly his strikes too but it was a pretty decent match but a shocker of it all rich swan did the phoenix splash and thus not only he retained the impact world title but he become the new impact world tag team champion so he definitely unified the title and y'all rich swan is gonna be facing the aew world champion kenny omega at rebellion for the title versus title match. Overall, Sacrifice was a pretty good Impact Plus special. I would say this is by far one of the better, not the best, but one of the better Impact Plus special that I've seen. And and it delivers so much, especially the shocker with like with like Finn Juice winning the world title, world tag team title per se, and you have Rich Wong retaining his impact and winning the TNA, so the Unification Impact World Heavyweight title, and of course, Ace Austin definitely won the X Division 
um, title off the TJP, which I'm very happy about that. You know, and the knockout tag team uh, match was really amazing, too. I enjoyed that. Deanna versus ODB was awesome. The only match I was kind of like, uh, why is in the car in the first place was um, Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers as well. So for that, I'm going to be giving Sacrifice a B plus. I really enjoy this Impact Plus. One of the better ones, I, but I'm looking forward to their upcoming Impact Plus special, which we're going to get into that when we're going to be on the Impact Wrestling Recap for March 16th, 2021, right now. So, so on the before the Impact, you have is um, Black Taurus defeated Lester Le Legend with a Taurus driver. It's a pretty solid match. However, you got Rosemary provided distraction to to Lester Legend, and that's where um, Black Toes did, took the advantage to use his finisher as well. It was a pretty decent match, your typical, like, pre-show match altogether. And now we're going to go into the main card, of course. So you have is Finn Juice defeated Triple XL, where Dave Finley did his finisher to Larry D. And it was a really good um, match. A lot of back-and-forth counter going on, and especially a lot of the tag team dynamic, too, with Finn Juice. Of course, I do enjoy it a lot. And then afterwards, you have is the Good Brothers coming out and saying that they they say they were unprepared and tired because of of their busy schedule. Like you know, Carl Anderson has four kids and a hot Asian wife, which he has to help her out. You know, you know, with his four kids, like you know, homeschooling on Zoom. Of course, Luke Gallows like busy. Like, you know, being hungover and all that. And they say that they want their title back. They want their title back. And especially especially the fact that Finn just has to go back to Japan to, for their tour, of course. So, so Juice Robinson um, doesn't accept the BS excuses from the Good Brothers. However, that him and David will accept the rematch. However, they will be back in April once they're finishing up with the tour in Japan. And then they ended with Dayfin, well, actually it's Juice, calling them young boys. And that's where they brawl out and Finn Juice escape with the titles, of course. And then you have the Good Brothers going into the office and like, and like saying that, it was BSing that they're going to be having the title hostage. And Luke Gallo said they're going to be dancing in Rapunge. So kind of like a nudge to Rock and Romero, Show and Yo's um, stable, Rapunge 3K. Well, their mini stable, Rapunge 3K, of course. And so they said they didn't go as planned on the title. We'll be back. And so Scott say that like at Rebellion, they will have a rematch and the Good Brothers will definitely did agree for that so there it is you guys the match has been confirmed for rebellion the um uh, finn juice will be defending their impact world tag team titles at rebellion against the good bros for a rematch and you know the and of course an update about the tour new japan cup of course dave finley is advancing to the semi-final in the other side of the bracket he will be facing of course you know what i'm who he is Will Ospreay. I have a feeling 
for the New Japan Cup because I didn't pay attention too much of it because of that particular wrestler. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing Shingo Tagage versus Will Ospreay. And, of course, Will Ospreay is going to be winning the New Japan Cup, which is going to suck. But my official pick for that, I want Jay one to win the New Japan Cup. But, unfortunately, I now I want Shingo Tagage, which he's going to be facing Evil. And I really don't want Evil to win the New Japan Cup second year in a row. Because you all know what happened last year. Crapola of a match at Dominion. Yeah, let's just say that. But back to Impact, not New Japan. Digress on that. So once the Good Brothers leave, then Tommy Dreamer came by and he said that they don't have tag titles and we have a ourselves a mess. And Scott Demore did admit that, like how much New Japan hated Impact for many years, which is true because of the you know, the whole situation with management and all that. And he said that they went all out to build a bridge and came together. You know, that's why they have that partnership. Well, you got to thank AEW for that a bit too. But yeah, that's my thing. And so Scott did say he run the company on the ground and promoted the company. Then Scott Demore did announce that the next Impact Plus special, of course, it's going to be Hardcore Justice. That's right. Hardcore Justice. And y'all... It's going to be on April 10th. You know what's happening on April 10th? Let me check my calendar because I have like, you know, days and all that. And by the way, I'm going to be taking that week off. Just a spoiler for that. Like, because on the 10th, it's night one of WrestleMania. Yeah, y'all. Impact Wrestling is pulling a trigger to have the event on the same day as night one of WrestleMania. Is it 37? or Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is WrestleMania 37. Like, y'all. I don't know what's going on with Impact. Even I talked to Steve the fan. And saying that Scott Demore is actually putting a ballsy move. Altogether. For putting an event like that. It's, I don't know, y'all. I, if they put it on that, hopefully they'll have like an earlier start time. That way everybody will be tuning in instead of like going back and forth watching Hardcore Justice or Impact. And it's going to hurt the numbers too, you know. I mean, of course I'm going to be watching it. I don't watch WWE anymore. I'll be tuning in and enjoy it. But I'm not going to live tweet about it because people are going to be talking about WrestleMania, this and that. But... Yeah, you guys. I mean, that is one ballsy move they did. But anyway, afterwards, you know, you have next match. You have is Jake something with beer guns versus Rhino with violent by design. Where you have Rhino defeated Jake something. All thanks to this whole distraction from violent by design causing a broad side of the ring. It was just, you know, we saw Rhino... All heel with his attitude. We haven't seen Rhino like this since, you know, his time in ECW. Because remember, he was a heel back then. And I'm glad, like, he's showing, like, his aggressive side. Like, that's something I kind of miss from Rhino, too. Like, you know, his heel. Me and him being a heel, you know. But that's just me. So it was a pretty decent match. A lot of, like, striking back and forth, distraction, all that stuff. And then afterwards, yeah, Violent by the Side um, did attack... Tag the team babyfaces and thus leaving, of course. 
And then, of course, the next match we have is Rohit Rashu did defeat Shira. I mean, there has been a lot of trash talking going on for that, especially with Rohit Rashu showing too much of his ego, a lot of the grudge of it. But I'm glad that we did show, like, Shira did say, like, he does not own anything, too. So, hopefully, this match... Hopefully, this match better ends a few. But the only thing I would love to see is that... I would love to see the reunion of the Desi Hit Squad. We haven't seen Gamma Singh in, like, over a year. Nor... What's the name of the manager? I gotta look up on Wikipedia. I'm so sorry, you guys. I know sometimes I'm, like, unprepared. Because, like, I started watching Impact Wrestling, like... When Slammiversary hit, um, Slammiversary hit, like, last year, and that's where I became, like, a full-fledged fan once again. Slammiversary and afterwards, too. So, let me see. It was Gamma Singh, and, which I know he's out with a, with a knee injury, so hopefully he is okay. Is it? No, it's Rajin, not Gamma Singh. Gamma Singh. Oh, it's the... Name, oh, it's the manager of Desi Hits. Well, I keep forgetting. Sorry for all the badness. So, Gamma Singh, of course, the manager. And I believe he is related to Jinder Mahal's last, his uncle. And so, Raj Singh, that's his name. Raj Singh is the one that got injured. So, we haven't seen him in, like, over a year. And so is Gamma Singh as well. So, Hopefully, we're going to be getting, like, a reunion of a Desi Head Squad, especially kind of, like, having, like, a brief intervention altogether because, like, because, like, they want to know what's going on between Raju and Shira, of course. But we're going to be seeing what's going on. We're going to see how it is all together. And then, so you have is backstage with Willie Mack congratulating Rich Swan for being the unified champion even though Rich said that he is not ready to party right now because he wanted to settle what he had to say in the ring of course which he started coming out of the ring and he did give a speech saying like being a double champion is a honor and he said like not only he retained the Impact World title but he has a new title and it's a carry two titles heavy and so he actually did respect Moose for the match. And, of course, he did address about the whole Kenny Omega situation. And he said, like, how they're having a title versus title match of Rebellion. But then he got interrupted by none other than Don Callis. And why in the flying hell Don Callis has a wedding, one of the wedding theme song as his entrance. I know it's one of those... Um, one of those classical music, but to me, that classical theme song he has kind of reminds me of like the, yeah, I heard that song, Wedding Reception. Like I've been watching too much movies and so on. I've gone to like weddings just only three times in my life, actually. Yeah. So I just wish he has a better theme instead of this wedding theme. Like seriously. So Don Callis came out and he said that he pr is proud of Rich Swan and talk about their history between them two and how he rooted for Rich so much and he said he is the, that guy. However, he said like he wanted to how he plays a shiny toy with a shinier toy with Kenny and he asked Rich if he's been haunted by being pinned with the Wong Wing Angel at Hard to Kill before seeing that Rich is a superstar and Kenny is a god of wrestling, of course. Don did talk about how he's always 
man there for Kenny, which when everyone doubted him and Rich made history at Scarecrow, would make history again at Rebellion. And he said that he's already written that history and tell Rich to sleep well before leaving as Rich standing in the ring, you know, hasn't. So it was a pretty solid problem, especially good back and forth going on, especially with Don Callis, like kind of having like this mind game going on to Rich. So I just feel that it is going to be something that's going to be coming down the line as well. So anyway, you guys, afterwards, you have your typical AEW Dynamite commercial with the two Tonys, of course. And Tony Schiavone is wearing a, a St. Patty's Day um, hat, of course. And so Tony Khan being like the heel as he is, which again, I'm going to talk about his promo at AEW bonus Bonus, bonus during his appearance on the AEW Dark Elevation, you guys. Comparing these two. And, you know, they're doing their typical match promo, of course. And that's it. And then you have it's the 12 Knockouts Tag Team Match. And before that, you, before that, like a couple segments ago, you have is all the knockouts and Kayla with the K. Um, all the heel knockouts, by the way, who is in that match. And Tennille wanted to be a leader. She said, let's call herself Tennille and the followers. Yeah, bad idea because you have Deanna Perrazzo, who's a freaking current Impact Knockouts champion. And you have this Kira and Tasha, who's the Impact Tag Team champ, Impact Knockouts Tag Team champion. Of course, these three ladies should have been in the, should be the leaders, of course. Even though, like, all the heels has been coming into, like, a big disagreement except for Tennille and Caleb. Being unfazed that they're on their phones the whole times and taking selfies, of course. And that's where the rest of the team heels love. And I like the fact that Karen, I mean, Susan said, Team Justice! Which, that kind of made me laugh. Leaving Caleb and Tennille backstage. And she says she forgot to deliver her inspirational quote. But Caleb with the K will love to hear it. So, all in all, that 12 um, knockout tag team match was pretty solid. I mean, it's like your typical back and forth Action going on. I do like the fact that um, that Alicia Edwards did the backpack stunner. You know, the same um, move set to um, t same move set from Eddie Edwards, of course. When she delivered the backpack stunner, I believe it was Matt Stryker say she delivered the stunner on three sixteen. Of course, Austin three sixteen. You guys. And it was a pretty impressive match. I do enjoy it. I really do like um, Jordan Grace and Tasha Steele did the Tope Suicina in stereo just to land it on all the knockouts that was outside of the ring, of course. So, yeah, you guys. So at the end of at the end, the team babyface, which is ODB, Jordan Grace, Jazz, Havoc, Nevaeh, and Alicia defeated. The team of Tennille Dashwood, Fire and Flavor, Deanna Perrazzo, Kimberly, and Susan. That's when Jazz did the STF to Kimberly and thus she tapped out. So I enjoy this match. It was awesome. A little bit sloppy, but it's pretty dope. And then you have the backstage segment, by the way, with um, the current X Division champion, Ace Austin, being interviewed by Gia Miller. Until he got interrupted by Chris Bay and then Josh Alexander and of course why TJP where they wanted a title shot, but then TJP did inform Ace that he's already spoken to Scott and will be getting his rematch 
next week. So there has been matches has been confirmed for next week on Impact Wrestling. And yeah, you guys. And then as well as the match for next week, Eddie Edwards versus Carl Anderson and Deanna Prazo versus Jazz in a non-title match. And now we're going to go into the main event, which is Sammy Callahan versus Trey Miguel. And prior to that, Sammy Callahan did kind of promo as he still continued to accuse Trey for his lack of passion and how he probably meant for playing mind games against one of Trey's students, Stan Beals, of course. And he said he's going to embarrass Trey tonight, ending with passion, passion, passion. Yeah, and I just hope, and I know this rivalry is still going to be continuing on for that no matter what. And for the fact that it's going to be something that that they're actually going to be planning this, planning this all together. But yeah, you guys. So anyway, the main event match was pretty solid. All, like, you know, a lot of impressive moveset and a lot of back and forth action going on with Trey and and Sammy Callahan. I mean, I like the fact that like 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 Trey wasted no time and show how much he is angry Sammy so much. Both guys has been continuing ball throughout the match like the whole time. I like Trey did the six one nine before Sammy did locked into the Boston Crab, and of course the commercial break did kind of hurt a little bit too. So. A lot of like submission holes, um, exchange going on. This like mostly, and I am impressed like the different in ring style from Trey. Like we have like we seen, we haven't seen before too. So you could tell like Trey has like a lot of good like combo of like the cruiserweight to a technical wrestling style. So I give much respect for that. But of course, Sammy Callahan did the package pile driver and thus he did pick up the victory and defeated Trey Miguel. And so thus that includes this week's episode of Impact Wrestling for the aftermath of Sacrifice. It is a really good show just to continue on with the storyline, what's going to happen next, um, next week. And especially the thing about the promo for like Hardcore Justice on April 10th, same night as the night one of WrestleMania 37, you know, and also the 12 knockouts match was pretty solid. And the continuous storyline with Violent by the Sun, especially Rhino being a heel. Therefore, I'm going to be giving Impact Wrestling a solid B. I enjoy it a lot. And I just hope the only thing they should missing is continue on with, like, you know, this whole situation with. The AEW, especially with Kenny Omega. With that being said, we're going to go into AEW bonus, bonus, bonus. Now, I'm going to be giving you guys my overall thoughts about AEW Dark Elevation. Let's just say it's a an upgrade version of AEW Dark. You have backstage promos, backstage interviews, especially each of the star. And also, they actually feature the rising star of AEW. So, this week... Is Lee Johnson, shoddy big Lee, shoddy big shoddy Lee, Lee Johnson. I forget that. I'm sorry about the the nickname botch situation. Sorry about that. Big shoddy Lee Johnson. There you go. And I know that like you know he did. He wasn't one of the independent wrestling star until he got being part of the Nightmare Family. I'm glad that they feature him. 
And yeah, you guys, so here are the results. So you have his Jungle Boy defeated Danny Limelight. The team of Kip Sabian and Miro defeated Baron Black and Vary Mor Morialis. Which, by the way, that's going to be the setup of the next storyline between Kip, Miro, and Penelope before. Because there is going to be a fallout. You guys, so stay tuned. Big Swole defeated Skylar Moore. QT Marshall defeated Marco Stun. Ty Conti with negative one defeated Ashley Vox. Matt and Mike Seidel, the Seidel brothers, defeated, of course, the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jarrell Nielsen, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaac, which you may remember him from NWA. Red Velvet defeated the real mean girl, Gianni Jordan. Max Caster defeated Dante Martin of Top Flight. Abaddon defeated Raylan. Powerhouse Wilhouse with Hook defeated Brandon Cutler. Diamante defeated Layla Gray. The team of Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade defeated the team of Brick Aldridge, Charlie Bravo, David Ali, and Dean Alexander. Matt Seidel defeated Michael Nakazawa, or MT Michael Nakazawa in a short match. And afterwards, you have Kenny Omega make a surprise attack appearance and then attack Matt Seidel. And then, of course, the promo we all heard around the world. Tony Khan, AEW general manager, came out confronting Kenny Omega saying that he has a problem with him. He doesn't go this way. And he proclaims that Matt Sino will get another match nine days from today. Nine days from today. Well, it was on Tuesday, so I think it's like I think it's like six weeks. So it's gonna be on March March twenty-fourth. Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel, of course. And by the way, Tony Khan promo, I mean, what in the hell is going on? Like, comparing to the commercial that he does in the past for with for the Impact Wrestling to promote AEW Dynamite, and then that, yeah, that is completely different altogether. So I kind of noticed why Tony Khan doesn't want to be on TV as much, you know, live for that. I mean, I understand he's kind of like a bit nervous, like nervous, see what's going on. And I know people are like, you know, get knocking him for for him cutting a promo, but he is trying, you guys. I mean, let the guy live and, you know, practice makes perfect no matter what. So I'm glad we got Tony Khan. So at least we got an AEW general manager, Tony Khan, everybody, the president of AEW, who is the general manager. Yeah, and I thought AEW is not going to be doing like this whole authority figure. I just like the thing is because I know AEW wanted to be different. I just don't want no authoritative storyline altogether. No, that's just me. And then lastly, for the results you have is Riho defeated Maki Itoi, of course. And yeah, I do enjoy AEW Dark Elevation, something different altogether. And it's kind of like a little bit of a competition for, like, Monday Night Raw, of course. But, you know, it's only exclusive on YouTube. And you guys can watch it anytime now. All right, you guys. So we're going to be moving on to Impact, I mean, AEW Dynamite, of course, segment featuring Impact Wrestling Star and NWA Stars and New Japan Pro Wrestling Star and all that. So you have us the promo where, where Alex Marvez interviewing the Young Bugs regarding, like, their upcoming you know, Pac and Ray Phoenix being the number one contendership for the AEW World Tag Team titles. And then they interrupted by Don Callis, 
which he actually offers some sympathy to to the young bucks and presenting say he has a gift for their dad and he presented the shirt of course which is so funny do not slap legs with kicky yeah so another jab towards wwe because recently wwe is banning like thigh slap while doing like a like a roundhouse kick or a super kick move set and yeah the thing is i just wish like they need to cut the whole like jabbing on the companies i know impact wrestling done it before new japan kind of like talk shit about it during i mean yeah whatever um during the the post interview conference and i just feel it's like getting overworked on just focus on what you got to do instead of like jabbing other companies too but it is what it is and so and so he continue on to like to play a little bit of mind games where matt and nick is like not having it. The fact that like he is like they're mind controlling Kenny, but Don is like, you know, he's trying to make Kenny the god of wrestling and how much he is not a they're not elite anymore. And he said he wants to know where are these two guys he remember from New Japan is at. So you could tell there has been a setup going on with the storyline between Matt and Nick and Don. And Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, of course. So, yeah. So, we're going to be going on to the match the part of it. The Good Brothers versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Which, of course, first time ever, they're not coming out with their Impact World Tag Team title because Finjuice got it, y'all. Anyway, match is up. It was pretty good. A lot of back and forth going on. So many suplexes. And then Gallus with the flying shoulder attacker. Kingston hit with the exploder. And then Moxley hit with the German suplex to Carl Anderson. Then Moxley with the package drop pile driver. So it's a pretty much a really good good match all in all together. I know that when Eddie Kingston did came out for the entrance, that's where the good brothers started to um blindly attack him right away. And then Moxley came out to like that. So they've been brawling outside of the ring for like two minutes before Carl and Eddie um, got back and that's where the bell rang too. So it was a really much a heavy hitting of the match. And then of course at the end, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston did defeated the Good Brothers. And afterwards, uh, Kenny Omega came out with a chair and then attacking both Eddie and Moxley. The Good Brothers and Kenny did um, did hit the chair with on Kingston's ankle before he rolled out. And then that's where they continue to attack Moxley. And that's where Kenny placed the chair on Moxley's head. And as soon as he was about to go on top, that's where the Young Bucks came out and make the save. And he saw that they were throwing, saw the Good Brothers and Kenny was trying to throw in too sweet, but they refused to. And then that's where, and that's where Moxley, um, Got up with the chair and then trying to attack him. That's where Omega, Good Brothers, and Don Callis just left. Yeah, y'all. So this is going to be something that's going to be happening within the storyline from the Good Brothers and Kenny. Good Brothers and the Young Bucks, too, with this whole situation. I have a feeling that it's probably going to be a setup for what's going to be happening for the next AEW pay-per-view, which is going to be on May 31st. AEW double or nothing. I feel that we're going to be seeing the Good Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Possibly for a title. If the Young Bucks will successfully retain a title against 
the death triangle. We'll see what's going to happen, y'all. It could go either way. So, yeah. And then, lastly, you guys have been waiting for, is the match that is history. The first ever women's main event match. The unsanctioned lights out anything goes match between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with Rebel versus Thunder Rosa. I'm going to see you guys as someone that enjoys deathmatch wrestling and women's wrestling. This is by far one of the best main event match I've seen a long time ever from AEW. Especially you have this built up storyline between these two ladies for a while. Going back and forth like rubber match after rubber match. And this come down to it. So the match started out with Rebel hitting Thunder Rosa with the crutch. And that's where Britt Baker did use the air rate use the air raid crash to Thunder Rosa outside of the stage area and that's where these ladies are killing each other. So you saw chairs has been thrown out. You saw tables has been setting up crutches. Let's add some crutch to mix. Ladders like holy crap y'all especially that especially where like Thunder Rosa placed the ladder on Britt's neck and then that's where she did a she did a missile drop kick, and that's where, of course, you saw Britt Baker's bloody face coming out, like, like you know, a crimson face. By the way, Britt Baker's nose, um, bloody nosebleed from last year. Sorry, her crimson face is way better than ever, and it's been one year, like, holy crap, since her nose has been busted open. But anyway, both lady, ladies have been killing it in this game, too. And, of course, Britt Baker with that black bag she brought out is those thumbtacks. Like, oof. Like, man. I couldn't even imagine, like, these ladies put their bodies on line and setting up a very incredible high caliber of a match that is beyond impressive, you know? And, of course, like, the table spot that, that Thunder Rosa did push to rebel like Jesus Christ I was very entertained too so I am very impressed with this match altogether and then at the end Thunder Rosa did the fire thunder driver to Bray Baker on the table and thus Thunder Rosa pick up the victory I couldn't even imagine with this this match together I think this is the first time in my life I've seen a women's hardcore match ever even on wwe they did try to put like a hardcore match but like that's just like the thing wwe is but this one all together this is so much perfect it's like top five best main event match ever like one of the top fives like alongside with like like cody versus mr brody lee rest in peace to him in a dog collar match for the tnt title then, of course, Cody versus Warlow in a steel cage match. The parking lot brawl between Santana and Ortiz versus Best Friend. And, of course, what is the last of the main event match? Oh, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World title, where Kenny Omega did beat Moxley. And, of course, they're going to Impact Wrestling. Just a shocker, too. So, one of the 
one of the part of the list of the top like top five main event in AEW history in no particular order by the way but these ladies deliver I'm so happy Thunder Rosa did win and that's why I was rooting for her however there has been some people saying that Britt Baker should have won because of course when the match started the camera showed Hikaru Shida watching the match backstage holding her AEW wins title However, to quote Aaron Riff of NoDQ.com, my boss, he said that he disagreed about what people say about Britt Baker should have won. Thunder Rosa, Rosa, just as Baker, can be face of the AEW Women's Division. Both of them can. I think the stocks is risen for this match. One of them can be the next AEW Women's Champion. I could have agreed more. Like It could be either Britt Baker will get a title shot to face against Hikaru Shida or Thunder Rosa, even though the fact that Thunder Rosa is not signed with AEW, of course, even though she's still under contract with NWA, it can go either way, you guys. Like, there's a lot of endless possibility for Thunder Rosa to get a title shot, shot and, like, you know, possibly beating Shida. Who knows? So these ladies did in a very impressive job all together and I give hats off to Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker they nail it out of the park and if you guys saw the Teddy Turnbuckles reaction I made how much how I am very happy for Thunder Rosa to pick up the victory and winning the match all together and how much they put the body on the line they gave so much praises so much even Mick Foley approved of this match altogether with a thumbs up if you guys saw his video via social media this lady these ladies freaking killed it all right guys that is it for the aew dynamite or aew bonus 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 now we're gonna go into the prediction for nwa back for the attack you guys that's gonna be taking place this sunday march 21st only on fight tv and by the way it's just it's an empty arena show by the way there's no audience so here it is the match card has been confirmed as of friday march 19th so you have is the nwa national championship between twitter the current champ trevor murdoch versus chris adonis formerly known as chris masters in wwe i'm gonna go with trevor murdoch to retain the title and then you have his tyrus versus of course one half of the nwa world tag team champion jr kratos I'm going with J.R. Kratos just because I'm not going to get into about the Tyrus situation. And for Trevor Murdoch, I forgot to mention, this is going to be his first title defense since his title win from primetime. And then you have the NWA World Television Champion, Elijah Burks, the current champ, versus Tom Lattimore, which he is now on his own. I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going to go with Tom Lattimore to be the new NWA World Television Champion. I just feel that since now he's no longer um, partnering up with Royce Isaac, since he's now he since Royce is no longer with NWA, it's time for him to be more of a dominant um, heel, especially as a solo, as a solo competitor. So why not put the title on him? So I'm going with Tom Lattimore, and then you have no more contendership for the NWA Women's Championship match between Thunder Rosa versus Camille. I'm going to go pull the trigger and I'm going to go with Thunder Rosa because the current NWA Women's Champion is Serena Deeb. And Serena Deeb is signed 
with AEW. I just figure we could see like either way, like have the match on an NWA Power or an upcoming or the next NWA pay per view or possibly AEW double or nothing. I would love to see Thunder Rosa being in a normal contendership match and maybe possibly winning back the title off of Serena and maybe a title for title match against Hikaru Shida. I know, I'm jumping the gun right here, but it could go either way. But I'm going with Thunder Rosa. And then you have the four-way match between Crimson. You you remember him from TNA or Impact Wrestling? Crimson versus Jack Dane versus Jordan Clearwater versus Slice Boogie. I'm going with Crimson on this match. And then for your main event match, you have is the NWA World Heavyweight Championship match between the current champ, Nick Aldis, versus Aaron Steven. Thus, Aaron Steven said that he's dedicating this match to his friend and mentor, uh, question mark, and Joe slash Josephus. He's going to be the real person, no character, no gimmick, just the real Aaron Stevens. And I can't wait to see who is that real Aaron Stevens. Unfortunately for my pick, I'm going with Nick Aldis to retain the title because I feel like you have to have someone that's the next noteworthy of a competitor, especially who's going to be the next champion. I'll be shocked if it's going to be um, Aaron Steven. I mean, I don't mind him being a champion, but I feel you got to elevate a little bit higher to it. But I'm curious to know who is the real Aaron Steven as a person itself. So Nick Aldis retained the title. And maybe, who knows, a surprise appearance may appear. We'll see. Anyway, you guys, that concludes the NWA uh, back for the attack prediction. Again, Fight TV, March 21st. You guys, stay tuned for that. And thus, that is it for the episode of Into the Stratosphere. Thank you so much for listening. So, plugs. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and on TikTok at simply underscore C underscore OK. Except on TikTok, the OK is OKAY. Make sure to follow my podcast, The Avengers and Wrestling Storytelling Edition, in certain podcasts. On Instagram, Avengers underscore and underscore wrestling underscore podcast. YouTube, Avengers and Wrestling by Cindy G. Also follow at the Bulletcast on all social media platforms at Bulletcast. Also follow at the Bulletcast on all podcasting platforms as well. Until then, you guys, please remember to wash your hands 20 to 30 seconds. Practice social distancing. Wear your face mask or face covering at all time. No excuses. We're still in the pandemic. And remember, you guys, to please be kind to one another. We're all in this together. I'll see you guys next week for episode 31 of Into the Stratosphere. This is Cindy G. Take care, y'all. Cheers. This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.